Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have you been enjoying these past meetings? I have just feel like I've been just in the Lord's presence in these past meetings. I feel the Lord has been uh, surely like the Son of Man walking in the midst of the churches. He is on the one hand trimming us. I'm sure even through the speaking you receive a lot of exposing, a lot of shining, a lot of stripping. Well, it is normal because the Son of Man is trimming the wick. He doesn't want the lampstands to remain in any kind of onus, right? He wants to trim the wick, and at the same time, He is filling us with fresh oil. Hallelujah! Well, I really sense uh, the Spirit, the, the Son of Man, Christ as the Son of Man, our High Priest, has been with us, and I believe He is still with us. And He will still with, be with us through this entire conference. Uh, as we indicated that uh, this conference, we are uh, touching the messages released during the Memorial Day Conference at St. Paul on the subject of caring for the present need in the Lord's recovery. I really love this title. Um, the Lord's recovery has passed through many things. Uh, the it has, uh, uh, has passed through also many turmoils, uh, many attacks by the enemy from without, from within. Yet, in spite of all the enemy tries to do, the recovery is still here. Amen. You know, as I, really, as I said the other day, I was, when I came here, I saw so many saints uh, whom I knew for years. Uh, I left here in this area, I left this area about 20 years ago. And uh, today, by just seeing so many familiar faces, it's such a, it's such a joy. Amen. Just uh, thanking the Lord for His mercy, for keeping us in His recovery. I do realize it is not a small thing to remain in the Lord's recovery. We all have to pay a price to be here. I think if we want to... Um, you know, gain, do something to make a gain for ourselves, to have a kind of a success or something have, to have a convenience. Uh, we, there are many other places to go. But to be, remain in the recovery, they always involve a price, Amen. a sacrifice. Uh, but yet, the Lord has, by His mercy, has kept us here. <clears throat> Not for ourselves, but for His interest. For his eternal economy. Amen. And uh, so as the, as the recovery is passing through uh, different things, um, they're positive, negative, yet the Lord is taking his recovery on. And at this particular time, the Lord is coming in as our shepherd to shepherd us through this particular time to care for us, uh, for our present need in his recovery. There were these six wonderful messages released in St. Paul during Memorial Conference. And although we are here repeating the same outlines, as I indicated yesterday, I believe the Spirit 
has something fresh to speak to us. The message, the outlines may be the same, but the speaking is fresh. The burden is up to date. Um, Well, I'm still looking to the Lord that He would really uh, take care of the present need of the churches here in New England, right? According to uh, how He sees fit, according to His desire. Uh, using these messages to speak a timely word to us. Amen. You know, every day we need the Lord's up-to-date word. Amen. We need the Lord's today word, Amen. right? You may have the Lord's word last, last year, last month, right? Even yesterday, but today is another day, Amen. right? We need the Lord's today's word, Amen. today's word for us. So even as I'm standing here, I'm looking to the Lord for the Lord's uh, today's word for the churches here. Uh, I think for the sake of many saints who may not have been with us uh, the last couple of meetings, I will just kind of give you a little brief review what we covered in these last uh, three messages. Uh, We began with seeing the need of uh, the by seeing the need of seeing a vision of God's economy. And the mark of God's economy and the goal of God's economy. Even in caring for us, uh, our need, the present need in the recovery, the first thing we need very much is is to be refreshed in seeing the vision. You know, we are still here today, Frank, it's because of a vision, right? Not because of any person, not because of the situation, but because a vision has been keeping us. This is a vision of God's economy. This is a vision of God's desire of dispensing himself into his chosen people. And there is a mark to this economy. This mark is a target, which is just our mingo spirit. Saints, we should never leave our mingo spirit. Thank the Lord for the, for the last Adam becoming the life-giving spirit. And praise Him for our human spirit. And now these two spirits have been mingled together to become one spirit. This is the key. This is the key to unlock all the mysteries in God's economy. And this is the mark of God's economy. Never misaim in everything we do, in our church life, in our Christian life, we have to aim at this mark. Right? Not only coming to the meetings, but even in living our daily life, going to work, doing the house chores, we have to exercise to live in our mingled spirit. And there is a goal of God's economy. This goal is nothing less than the body of Christ ultimately consummated to be the new Jerusalem. This vision needs to control us, right? I think this weekend there is a refreshing, right? A refreshing of this vision. This is why we are here. You know, sometimes after 
walking on this path of the recovery, a while you can get tired, you can get a little bit weary, but isn't it good to be refreshed again? Hallelujah! We are under a vision. We are not people without a vision. As Proverbs says, without men without a vision, they run wild. Men without a vision, they are, they are, uh, uh, they are, they are, they, w- they are without restraint. But we can declare this morning, we are people under a vision. Amen. We may have weaknesses, we may have shortcomings, but we are under a vision. Amen. And we have seen also <clears throat> that we need to realize the way of the Lord's recovery we are taking. We are not taking the way of the world. We are not taking the way of religion. We are taking the way of the Lord's recovery. What is the Lord's recovery? In a brief way, it consists of three aspects. The first aspect, the recovery, is a recovery of Christ. This all-inclusive Christ must be our center, must be our everything. This is like the heart of a person, you know. The, uh, with, with a human being, <clears throat> you, take a, you can cut off my limb, I can still live. You take away my heart, bye-bye, that's it. Christ, he is the center. This all-inclusive Christ is the center, is the centrality, and he is the universality of God's economy. The first aspect of the Lord's recovery is to bring us back, to recover us back to Christ being our everything. Amen. Christ plus zero. Amen. Nothing. Amen. Jesus only. Amen. He is our universal replacement. Amen. Satan's strategy is to bring in many substitutes. Not only the bad things, but he is clever. He, use, he may use many good things. Your religious efforts, your religious zeal, biblical knowledge. All these things can be used by God's enemy to substitute Christ as our center. The Lord's recovery, the first, the foremost aspect of the Lord's recovery is to recover us back to our center, this all-inclusive Christ, to be the universal replacement. So in the recovery, we boldly declare, we have Christ plus zero. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Brother Lee said when, uh, you know, I think when he was, uh, he testified when they first went to uh, Taiwan, in the the early, early, uh, right after the, uh, uh, in the early years, of, due to the political, <clears throat> the change of political situation in China, many refugees came over, and they had gospel meeting, and uh, oh, just crowds of people come, came, came to the gospel meeting. And readily realized, many came with other intention. They wanted to have some social help, some social benefits, and so Brother Lee was happy, on the one hand, seeing so many people came to the gospel meeting, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. But within him, he wanted to make clear 
make clear to all the people at the end of the, of the, of the gospel meeting, he wanted to make clear to them, what we can offer to you is Christ and Christ only. <laughs> we have nothing else. Well, the following meeting, half of the people don't come back. <laughs> because they didn't get what they, what they were intending to get. But all those who remain, they gain Christ. <laughs> Saints, this is what the recovery has to offer. It's Christ plus zero. Christ must be our unique content. He is our unique message. He is all and in all. He is the heart of this person. Right? I mean, you have to have the heart. If for a person to exist, nothing else. You can, you can put a pump there. You can put something else there. It's not, going to, it's not going to work like a human heart. Christ is the very heart. Well, the second aspect of the Lord's recovery is to recover the oneness of the body of Christ. As was uh, brought out very strongly last night in that wonderful uh, message concerning the caring for the oneness of the body of Christ uh, through take, by taking care of 12 major items. Well, <clears throat> it's like a person again. Not only he has the heart uh, in order for him to exist, but also this body with so many parts, with so many members, need to be intact, right? It should not be divided, cut up into pieces. The enemy's strategy if, is that if he cannot substitute Christ with other things, then he will try his best to divide up this body, cut up all his members, a dismembered body. Yes, you are alive, but your ha- arm is over there, your legs are over there. What kind of a body is this? So, <clears throat> the recovery not only to br- is to bring us back to our center, the all-inclusive Christ, but also to bring us back to the oneness of the body of Christ. Amen. We are against any form of division. God is one. Christ is one. The Spirit is one. The Bible is one. The church is one. The body of Christ is one. The Lord's testimony is one. Praise the Lord. There's one body. Although this morning, there may be, I don't know how many churches, maybe a dozen churches or so represented from this area, but there is only one body. Oh, I, I can't help but tell you about Africa again. It was just wonderful. In that blending conference we just had a couple of weeks ago, 16 African nations gathered together under one roof, plus saints from outside of Africa, six countries. Oh, I tell you, the love, the oneness, you just cannot express. You just cannot express. Africa is, you know, it's just such a divided continent. Fightings, you know. Uh, between nations and also within the, within the nation. Civil wars all the time. It's still continuing. I mean, there, there was just many, many problems, many, much fightings. Yet, there, in that place, in that uh, National Conference Center, we held our conference, 
A week before, all those leaders in the countries of Africa gathered together trying to iron out problems, how to, how to address all the uh, uh, problems which never get resolved. But the following week, all these saints from the churches there in the Lord's recovery gathered here under that roof declaring we are the one new man. There are no more Nigerians, no more Ghanaians, no more Cameroonians, no more Ugandans, no more Kenyans, no more Americans, no more Taiwanese. We are just one new man in Christ. One body. All speaking the same language. All expressing the same thing. Of course, there were a number of uh, first-time attendants there at that time, in that conference. Uh, very, just new context. And they, he, they were just amazed at what they saw. They'd never seen anything like that in their whole life. Pastors. They were pastors, you know, uh, uh, ministers, and they had never seen anything like that in their whole life. How can people be one like this? So in the Lord's recovery, not only are we brought back to Christ as our center, as, as our everything, here the Lord has brought us out of all the confusion and the division and brought us back to the oneness of His body. Amen. Here we are exercising to be diligent to keep the oneness of the Spirit, which is just the oneness of the body. Amen. Well, the third aspect of the Lord's recovery is to recover the organic functioning of all the members of the body of Christ. The enemy's strategy is to substitute Christ with so many good things. If he cannot do that, then he will try to dismember this body, cut them up into pieces. If he cannot do that, he let you stay together, he will what? Just disable you. You become just paralyzed. Yes, your heart is here, you are alive, all your members are intact, but you are just immovable, paralyzed. You can't function. Saints, praise the Lord for His recovery. Recovering all the organic functions of all the members of Christ. No longer all the the, uh, clergy laity system Right? Establish practice in today's Christianity. Just kills the organic functions of the members. The spiritual services only belong to a so-called clergy class. That is not the Lord's recovery. That is degradation. The Lord's recovery, the, 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 uh, the church life as ordained, by God, according to his revelation, is where all the members, all the believers of Christ and all the members of the body can carry out their function in an organic way. Isn't this wonderful? We read in Ephesians 4.16. The body is built up. How? On the one hand, through the joints of the rich supply, and on the other hand, by through each one part functioning according to their measure. This is how the body of Christ will be built up. It's not directly by so-called gifted persons, but rather directly through every, each one part. Every member, every saint is a building member of this body. Well, actually, this touches this morning's burden very much. 
Oh, I tell you, the Lord's recovery is marvelous. Amen. The Lord's recovery not only brings us back to Christ as our center, and also keeps us in this oneness of His body, but also recover all the functions of every part of this body. Amen. Now you have a healthy, happy young man in front of you. Amen. Hallelujah! Amen. Not only I'm living, I'm also, you know, complete, whole, and also living and functioning. Saints, I hope all the churches Hallelujah. in New England and all over the earth would all hold Christ as their center, and all would be diligent to keep the oneness of the Spirit, Amen. and everyone, every saint in the churches, will be functioning normal as normal functioning members, Amen. exercising according to their measure to build up the body of Christ. Amen. This is a this is the way of the Lord's recovery, Amen. as shown in the scriptures and as led to us. Uh, led by our brothers, Brother Nee and Brother Lee. So, when you're in this, brothers and sisters, enjoying this marvelous vision of God's economy and taking the way of the Lord's recovery, you have no time for all the things of division, all the things of confusion, all the things of darkness. We want to stay in the realm of life. We want to stay in the realm of light, just enjoying the divine dispensing of the triune God under his eternal economy, and just taking and walking this way of the Lord's recovery and be preserved in oneness. This is going to lead us to the accomplishment of God's goal for the preparation of the bride and ultimately to consummate in the new Jerusalem. Well, this is also the present truth that God is speaking to his recovery today. Among so many truths contained in the Bible, there is a present truth. In every age, God is speaking a particular word to his people at that time. Right? Like 500 years ago, because of the degradation, God's people were kept in darkness for a thousand years under the Catholic Church. Now God, through Martin Luther, spoke a word for that age, releasing that truth on the justification by faith. He was a minister of the age at that time, releasing that word. That was a ministry of that age. But today, 500 years later, God has been moving forward. He has been, the Lord's revelation is progressive and is cumulative. So I say today, when we say we are speaking the high peak truths, when we are learning the high peak truths, speaking the new language, speaking these high things, high gospel, it doesn't mean this is another branch. This is another branch of thing called new, new uh, high peak truths. But rather, it is we are standing on the shoulders of all the saints who have gone before us. Amen. Standing on the shoulders of Martin Luther, of Zinzendorf, of uh, uh, John Nelson Darby, uh, Andrew Murray, and all these dear ones who have been used by the Lord to recover many aspects of the rich truths, and now we are standing upon their shoulders. Yes, we are higher than them because we are standing upon them. They are our foundation. They are supporting us, right? And and by the Lord's mercy, his his, His revelation is progressing, advancing forward, and is is cumulative. So today, the very revelation that we are speaking 
is not an independent, isolated kind of a revelation, but rather it is a culmination. It is a totality of all the visions and all the revelations that has been released among God's people. And today, in this present age, in the 21st century, God has a word. God has a message for his people in this particular time. So as opposed to just generally want to know the Bible, want to know about all the doctrines of the Bible and so forth, we need to know God's present truth. God's up-to-date truth for this age. I mentioned that uh, we are, uh, I, think, I think many of us, we have this realization, the Lord's coming is close. But his coming, again, is determined not by his clock, but is determined by how ready we are. He is coming back for his bride. The bride has to make herself ready. Well, all these messages, all these high peak truths, God's present truth for this age is for the preparation of the bride. It's through the building up of the body of Christ to prepare the bride so that we can usher in Christ's second coming. So our learning these truths, our speaking forth God's present truth, has a dispensational significance. It is not merely to make us more spiritual, make us more, you know, more learned, you know, spiritually speaking. But our speaking these things, our getting into the present speaking, present truth of God, has a dispensational significance. This will prepare us, this will build up the body of Christ, prepare us to be his bride, and will usher in his return, and will bring, set up his kingdom here on the earth. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Oh, it is so wonderful to, to, uh, uh, to to hear the high peak truths, to hear these truths, and also be able to learn, to express, to speak these things. I realize that you know, the, uh, just like everything else, learning a new thing is, not us- is uh, uh, usually not uh, uh, convenient, uh, not uh, uh, comfortable at, uh, at the beginning. But we all can learn, Amen. right? If you have a heart, right. you can do it. Amen. You can do it. As I said, even the mute people can do it. <laughs> even the mute, we saw them you know, in, in Africa. They cannot express but with words, but they can express with motion. The brother just in his by motion he testified God became man through incarnation. Man became God through transformation. Wow. I appreciate that simple just two sentence expression. I mean what kind of utterance is that? I think I think that would just blew the mind of all those African pastors. When they saw when they saw that the mute brothers just standing up you know, just, uh, you know, speaking like that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord for the Lord's present truth. And, uh, and last night, we saw this uh, wonderful matter about the caring for the oneness of the body of Christ by taking care of 12 uh, crucial matters. Well, <clears throat> those are all, I don't think uh, Brother Dick had enough time to you can give him another three more meetings to, 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 to uh, take care of those, those points. They're really, really uh, rich and also crucial items. The 12, he called it 
missiles, uh, dishes. They are really, really crucial. Well, we hope that uh, in, the, in, in time that you can get more into it, you know, through getting into the morning revival. But <clears throat> you see, this is something deep in the Lord's heart. Amen. Right? He desires to have the oneness of the body. Right? The body is one. No one can divide it. Anyone who tries to divide the body, they end up dividing themselves. The body is one. It's indivisible. So, <clears throat> that was the vision under the vision of God's economy and by taking the way of the Lord's recovery. And as revealed to us through His present truths, we see the body is one, right? As being as expressed as the Lord's aspiration in His prayer. And now, saints, this prayer is being answered and fulfilled in our days. Amen. It's not fully fulfilled yet, but it's being fulfilled. Amen. This morning we come to a crucial matter, which is related to this vision we saw on the oneness of the body of Christ. This body is one, is indivisible, but this body also needs to be built up. Right? It's one thing to see the body is one. But it's another thing to see the, the to carry out the actual building up of the body. To see a person, a, 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 a child born, wholesome, all the parts he is li- living, yeah, it, it's just young child. But how to grow up this child, how to build up this child from just a young babe to become a full-grown person. This needs our laboring with the Lord, our, cooperating with, our cooperation with the Lord to carry out the building work, to build up His body. Amen. This is what we come to in this uh, morning's message. It's on the Lord's recovery of prophesying. Amen. Hallelujah for the prophesying. Amen. Well, you may wonder, why prophesying? <clears throat> why not gospel preaching? Mm. Why not home meeting? Right? We know back in 1984, Brother Lee had a realization that many churches in the recovery were in a dormant state, were, were in a uh, uh, barren state. Well, he had a burden from the Lord to go back to the Far East, mainly to uh, Taiwan, to restudy this whole matter of the scriptural way for believers to meet and to serve the Lord. Well, through that study, since he went back in October 1984, and through that study, in brief, he came out, uh, the product was that the proper way, the scriptural way to, for believers to meet and to serve according to the way God ordained is simply four steps. First, we need to be those who would beget new ones by preaching the gospel. This is the basic. This is the first step, right? We all need to be those who are uh, bear fruit, who would beget new ones. Amen. Then after we have begotten them through the gospel, we need to nourish them. I mean, we. That is not referring to co-workers or elders. We means you. 
means me, every one of us. Amen. We can do this. This is, this is the discovery of the God-ordained way is to, is to see that all the saints, every believer of the body of Christ can participate, can function in a normal and organic way. We all can preach the gospel. Amen. We all can help people to get saved. Amen. Oh, didn't we? I think many of you probably had, had, had participated in these door-knocking festivals. Went to, went, some went to Taiwan. I think Ron went six weeks over there. Uh, we learned how to knock on doors and visit people, and we got many people saved. Yeah. Get many people baptized. Well, you know, you've never done this before. You can actually, you can actually, with the help of a little booklet, The Mystery of Human Life, you can learn to share the gospel with people. Amen. You don't have to say, oh, let me ask my elder to come to preach the gospel to my mother, to my, to my, to my cousin. Right. You can do it. Amen. <laughs> right? So it, this is the wonder of the, of the God-ordained way, is that it allows every little brother and sister to preach the gospel Amen. and bear fruit. Amen. This is marvelous. So after the fruits are born, we begin to nourish them, right? Have home meetings with them, one-on-one contact with them, to feed them, to nourish them, right? With something of the Lord, some riches of Christ. Then after a period of time, these new ones should be gathered with some other saints, right? In small group kind of environment, in a small group with, with, with some in the neighborhood to bring them more, uh, to perfect them through teaching them with some of the matters in the Word so that to equip these new ones. Now they have been saved, they have been begotten, regenerated. Now they have been fed and nourished. Now they are being taught, with some of the things, crucial things in the Word, so that they become equipped. But that is not all. After they have been gradually equipped in this way, eventually they will be brought into the church life, and they have to learn how to prophesy, how to speak for the Lord, how to speak for the Lord for the building up of the church. To To Brother Lee's realization, that is not only the fourth step, That is the ultimate step. That is the concluding step. In other words, if you merely preach the gospel, you merely feed the new ones, you merely just teach them some of the things of the the truths in the Bible, you could not lead this person to this stage of prophesying, speaking forth Christ for the building up of the church. We still miss the mark. The goal of the God-ordained way, is to produce these uh, new ones who are being fed and perfected. Now they become a building member of the body of Christ. How? Through prophesying. Speaking forth of Christ. I don't know, maybe this morning... I'm just looking to the Lord to give me the utterance to speak to you. Because uh, many of us may not view prophesying that highly. Oh, we may view, oh, gospel preaching is important. Uh, feeding the young people, feeding the new ones is important. And teaching them in the, in the group meeting is important. I'm not saying they're not important. 
But you have to see the goal of our gospel preaching, of our feeding of the new ones, of our teaching them in the, in the small groups, is not just to produce many good Christians, just good behaving Christians, or just some spiritual Christians, but the goal is to build up the body of Christ. Amen. And in the New Testament, as far as I, as far as I, can, I, I, I can remember, no such place mentions such a direct practice of building up the church, building up the body, as the matter of prophesying. You, don't, you cannot read the matter of gospel preaching builds up the church. Or the feeding of the new ones built up the church. But Paul, especially in 1 Corinthians, tells us prophesying builds up the church. Amen. This is why he, the Apostle Paul, he extolled this matter. He exalted this matter. He ex- exalted this matter. So highly. Encouraging the believers, you have to pursue prophesying. And even, he, he described this, this is an excelling gift. This, by practicing prophesying, you actually make yourself excellent. Excel. That is a very particular word Paul used. To, to just express the burden on his heart. He wants to see not only new ones saved, being fed, being equipped, being taught, but they can excel in their spiritual gifts to learn how to speak for the Lord, which results in the direct building up of the church. Amen. You know, I know the saints appreciate co-workers come, you know, visit you, speak messages to you. But... I can tell you, and I know, even though we give messages, we know the messages don't build you up directly. If our messages don't help you to release your spirit, don't perfect you also to speak forth Christ, our messages means nothing. Eventually, the building up of the church in Cambridge, in Newton, in, uh, in North Providence, is not by the co-workers. It's by all the little brothers and sisters. Everyone coming, whenever you come together, you speak forth Christ. I tell you, that builds up that church. Every one of your prophecy builds up that church. So, on the one hand, I will say in a a general way, I thank the Lord for the God-ordained way. We have seen this vision of the body of Christ last night. Right? We have seen this as God's present speaking, present truth in his recovery, that he is going to recover the preeminence of Christ. This Christ must be our all in all, but this Christ is not just an individual Christ. He is a body Christ. He is a corporate Christ. He is now multiplied, enlarged, and expanded. Amen. He is that universal Christ. This is the message for this age. But we need to cooperate with the triune God to build up the body of Christ. Right? Now the Lord, by His mercy, He has given us the God-ordained way. 
and through all these steps. But we need to see this ultimate step, this excellent step, the step of prophesying. Oh, for the building up of the church. This is the excelling gifts. This morning, I just want to, to, I don't know what I can say. I just want to convince you. I want to tell you. I want to shout to you. Saints, this is the excelling gifts for the building up of the church. If you want to build a church, pursue prophesying. You know, there's nothing clearer than Paul's word in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, right? Prophesying builds up the church. I mean, the co-workers' messages, they, are, they, have, they, they, serve a particular, they serve another function. They are here to perfect you. But it is through your direct prophesying, your direct speaking forth of Christ, that builds up the church. So if I can stir you up this morning to recognize the excellence of this matter, I think my burden is this church. Oh, then you go back, you know, you just practice. Practice prophesying. And you are, you know, more than equipped. You have many things. You know, you have many equipment has been provided you. You have the Holy Word for Morning Revival. You have the Recovery Version. You have the Life Study. I tell you, no one has any excuse to say, I cannot prophesy. Right? If you are back 30 years ago, maybe you can excuse yourself to say, I cannot prophesy. You don't have the recovery version with all the footnotes. You don't have all the life studies. You may excuse yourself. Oh, I'm not gifted. I'm not eloquent. But today, this morning, I have to say, none of you has any excuse. Even a mute one can prophesy. Right? Oh, I tell you, I love to. I just enjoy those mute ones prophesying. they they just put you. They just, they just, uh, you know, put you to tears. I mean, they, they, I mean, they just because they are so filled. They just they're bubbling up. As you see, you know, prophesying should not be a strain. Prophesying actually is a is a overflow, bubbling over. So even if you are stuttering, it's okay. Even if you, you know, you you. you you know, you don't know how to express. You just, uh, even if you become mute, you just do a hand motion. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Your prophesying builds up the church. So this one body we saw last night needs to be built up. And the way is for us to carry out the God-ordained way and the excellent gift in the God-ordained way, is the gift of prophesying. Okay, now, <clears throat> let's take a look at the outline. Roman numeral 1 says, Prophesying is the excelling gift for the building up of the church as the body of Christ. To prophesy in 1 Corinthians 14 is not in the sense of predicting, foretelling, but in the sense of speaking for the Lord and speaking for the Lord to dispense Christ into people. Paul calls this excellent gift or excelling gift. That means this word uh, excelling has the meaning of overflowing, abundance, flowing over, uh, abounding, excellent, outstanding. At that time with the Corinthian believers, they were seeking spiritual gifts. 
And they were getting into the realm of spirits. And they were confusing the Holy Spirit with the evil spirits. They were just confused. They were trying, just trying to be spiritual. Paul realized by speaking this word, actually he was belittling all that kind of confusing pursuit of the spirits that is indiscernible. Their inability to discern the spirits. It brought in confusion to the meeting. That is actually, that is actually, Paul was trying to abase that kind of a practice. And then at the same time, he exalted this matter of prophesying and called this excelling gift. You're getting into the realm of the so-called spirits to be spiritual. You want to speak in tongues and you actually, you even, you, you, you got mixed up between the Holy Spirit and the evil spirit. You just brought in confusion. Let me tell you, Corinthians, there is an excel, excelling gift you need to pursue. Forget about all that strange stuff. Pursue prophesying. Amen. Prophesying builds up the church. Amen. No matter of tongue speaking, he himself, he himself uh, 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 practiced before. But Paul said, I, but I would rather speak five words of knowledge, words of wisdom, that all the saints can learn, that all the saints can benefit, rather than speak 10,000 words in tongues. Well, he did say at the end in verse 39, don't forbid tongue speaking. He is not saying tongue speaking is not allowed. But comparatively speaking, tongue speaking is in a much, much lower level. It does not build up the church. It builds up yourself. It makes you happy. It makes you excited. But it does not build up others. Especially when you speak in tongues, nobody understands, no interpretation. You make yourself feel good after you speak in tongues. I feel so good, but everybody is. Their heads are down. They don't understand what you're saying. So Paul would say, I'd rather speak five words of knowledge. Word of, huh? Words of wisdom. Word of knowledge that you can understand. So, <clears throat> this is, Paul considered this as excelling gift. This matter of prophesying, unfortunately, you know, many had a kind of a preconceived kind of understanding uh, uh, from our background, or uh, uh, th- implying, thinking that it's implying something of foretelling, something of predicting, it, something events in the future. But if you read the word carefully, that this matter of prophesying actually has these four meanings. One, the most basic, most fundamental significance of prophesying is speaking for the Lord. Just like these Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, they were sent by the Lord to speak on God's behalf to His people. So they were speaking for the Lord in languages that God's people could understand. They were not just, yes, Mo, they, they did prophesy, they did foretell, they did predict of the coming events, of the coming Christ, for instance. But if you read the 66th chapter of Isaiah, how much of that is in, the, in, is in the realm of foretelling? And how much of that was just Isaiah's plain speaking, 
speaking on God's behalf to his people. So fundamentally, prophesying means speaking for the Lord. And also it means speaking for the Lord. The Lord is within us. You have to allow him to come forth. Right? Whenever we come together, we want our cries within us to be released through our speaking. So we have to not only speak for him, now especially in the New Testament, we can speak for him. And also, it implies we can speak this Lord into others. From me to you. Right? We are speaking for the Lord, on behalf of the Lord, and also to speak for the Lord. Let him be released from you, and then let him be transmitted into others to speak the Lord into others. Then you have the fourth significance, which is the matter of prediction or foretelling. This is, I would say, this understanding is quite revolutionary uh, in, the, in, the, in the recovery. Actually, brotherly, in Chinese, in Chinese, uh, uh, actually, since this uh, matter of prophesying was uh, brought in, brotherly actually changed the Chinese word. In the, old, in the previous Chinese word of prophesying, which means uh, foretelling, foretelling, foreknowing, okay? Just to this prophet, uh, he knew something ahead of time. Now he is telling you beforehand. Now with this kind of understanding in our Chinese recovery version, now the word is changed to what? To just speaking forth. That shows even how important this, this matter is. I mean, it took, it took many of us a while to adjust that new language in Chinese from xianzi to sanyan. Now in the recovery, we are practicing sanyan. Sanyan means to speak forth. Amen. You know, for all these, for all years, it's xianzi. Okay, xianzi is you, you, you know ahead of, you know beforehand and you speak, you, know, you foretell. But now, in the recovery version, it's all sen yan. And the prophets are sen yan zhe. Right? Anyway, so uh, why? why? Why such a change? I mean, for Brother Lee to make such a change is not a small thing. Yeah. To realize just to this, our concept needs to change. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, we all must be such prophets. Amen. Desiring and pursuing prophesying. Learning how to speak for the Lord. Amen. The Lord is within each and every one of us. Amen. I believe it. If you have Christ within you, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now you have to speak Him for us. Don't keep Him inside. Don't imprison Him. Right? When every member speak Him for us, that builds up the church. Amen. So... <clears throat> Roman numeral 2 says, Moses desired that all of God's people would be prophets for prophesying. In the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, you know, um, right after uh, God sent the, uh, the, uh, uh, the meat for, for God's people to, to eat, eat on, the quails, yeah. And... Uh, God told Moses that Moses needed 
to have some help to uh, oversee God's people. There were 70 elders. And God said, now I will put, I will take the spirit from you, that which is on you, uh, Moses, and I will put it on these 70 elders. So they will also participate in the spirit I had put on you. And those 70 elders, they began to speak in tongues. They began to prophesy. I'm sorry, not speaking. They began to prophesy. <laughs> and uh, there were two of them, two of the elders, Medad, Eldad and Medad. They were not in that meeting. They were in the tent. And there were a couple of uh, 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 people, and they, went to the, and they went to the tent, and they saw these Medad, Eldad and Medad. They were also prophesying. So they came to Moses. Hey, Moses, how come those two, they were not with us? How come they too, they, they too also prophesied? You know, Moses told these young men, he said, are you, are, you, are you jealous for me? How I wish all of God's people would be prophets. Amen. Oh, saints, that was Moses' heart. Moses would like to see, not, even, not only 70, if they can be all of God's people would be prophets. Amen. Saints, this in all the elders and leading ones, this should be our heart. Amen. We should not be the ones who are I this is my platform. This is my podium. You, every Sunday morning, you come to listen to me. This is clergy laity system. You know, this weekend, we are here, because this is a conference, you know, we brothers are speaking more of the messages because this is not a regular church meeting. In regular church meetings, there is no podium for anyone. All the saints are prophets. And all the leading ones should encourage. Speak yourself out of a job. Yeah, it's, it's better. It's good to see if all the saints prophesy and you have no time for you to speak, you should say, praise the Lord. That is the best meeting. As compared to in a meeting, I spoke a wonderful, long message, 40 minutes. Only two saints prophesied. You were happy. But that is a worse meeting. A church meeting, as you will see later, it should be a meeting in mutuality. Everyone speaking for the Lord. Everyone releasing, speaking for the Lord. That builds up the church. And Moses' heart, his desire, how I wish all of God's people are prophets. Same with Paul. Paul taught that we all can prophesy, and he charged us to pursue, to desire earnestly, and to seek to prophesy. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, we all can prophesy one by one. This is in the heart of the apostle, in the, in the heart of uh, the leader of God's people. To prohibit prophesying is a sin before God. In the Old Testament, it was very clear, both in the book of Amos and also in Jeremiah. Anyone who tries to stop the prophets from speaking, they brought to themselves judgments from God. It is a sin to pro- prohibit prophesying. And I would say even... If I cannot say it's a sin, I would say you would suffer loss when you despise prophesying. You may, not, you may not restrict prophesying, but even if you despise it, 
Paul, Paul says in, in, in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 20, right? Always rejoice and seasonally pray and everything give thanks, right? Do not quench the spirit, and then what? Do not despise prophesying. Why would he suddenly add a word like that? As we live our Christian life, we learn how to uh, always rejoice and seasonally pray, in everything give thanks, then we should not quench the Spirit. The Spirit is operating, moving within us all the time. Don't quench Him. And as you don't quench Him, also at the same time, this Spirit, He is a speaking Spirit. If you don't quench the Spirit, this Spirit will speak. He would like to be expressed. So along with saying, don't quench the Spirit, Paul says, do not despise prophesying. How little, how little your prophesying, your utterance may be, your speaking may seem so imperfect, incomplete, don't despise. Amen. Oh, I tell you, brothers and sisters, I hope the Lord would just have mercy on us. Amen. That we will have this kind of a spirit, have this kind of a heart, not to despise prophesying. And instead, even like Paul, promote, encourage, right? He encouraged the believers, pursue prophesying. This is the excelling gift. Learn, pursue prophesying. Desire earnestly. So, to prohibit prophesying is a sin before God. Among the three functions of the prophet, the priest and the king, the function of the prophet is the highest because the prophets can receive and secure the word of God directly. In the Old Testament, they were the three main offices among God's people. First, you have the the prophethood, then you have the priesthood, then you have the kingship. Among these three, these are the three offices uh, God arranged to carry out His administration uh, among His people. Now, point A says, in the Old Testament, the prophets could reprove, instruct, and teach the kings. Just like when even King David, when he fell, when he sinned, right, with the sin of Bathsheba, well, Nathan, the prophet, came to rebuke him. So he, even King David, had to listen to prophet Nathan. So in that sense, at that, in, that, in, in that instance, Nathan was actually higher than King David. King David, who was the top, top person in the whole nation, yet he had to listen to the prophet Nathan. And they could also, the prophets could also teach the priests. Right? In, the, in the minor prophets, in Haggai chapter 2 and also in Malachi, in those portions you see, when God's people, when even the priests, they were not functioning properly. The priests, actually, they are very intimate to God, with God. You know, they had a very special function. They are very close to God in their function. But even these priests, at certain times, they became improper in their service. So the prophets came to them to teach the priests how to carry out their priesthood in a proper way. So, both the kings and the priests have to listen to the prophets. 
Then in the New Testament, all the believers are regenerated to be priests and kings. This is by our birth. By your new birth, you have been reborn to be a priest of God. And also, we have been reborn to be co-kings with Christ. In the New Jerusalem, we all will be reigning and ruling with Christ. And as overcomers, we will be reigning with Christ for the thousand years in the millennial kingdom. This is our birthright, to be priests and to be kings. However, however, uh, but to be a prophet depends upon our seeking, our desiring earnestly. So to be a a prophet is not by birth. A prophet is by seeking. It's by is by pursuing. So while you are priests, while you are kings, you have the kingly life within you, you have the priestly, priestly life within you, you have to pursue prophesying. All the believers have the capacity and the obligation to prophesy. Uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14.31, for you can all prophesy one by one. Amen. Saints, do you believe that? Amen. Only a few. Only a small number. Saints, do you believe that? Amen. You can all prophesy Amen. one by one. How about we all declare before the angels, before God, Lord, I can prophesy. Amen. This is your capacity. And this is, you have have this uh, capacity. You can. Don't say you cannot. You can. You have the prophet within you. The real prophet within you. You can all prophesy one by one. Then in verse 24, uh, we have, And if all prophesy, and some unbeliever, or an unlearned person enters, he is convicted by all, he is examined by all. If all prophesy, that means we have an obligation when we come together, right? And if all prophesy. So, <clears throat> when you come to a meeting of the church, you should not look around, oh, how come the elders are uh, still not here yet, you know? Who is going to call the hymn? Who is going to start the, prayer, the, the, the meeting? Very easy. It's just say, me. Right? You don't, don't, you don't have to wait. You don't have to look for others. You just turn to yourself, I can prophesy. Amen. Paul says, if all prophesy, my, look at what will happen. People will be convicted. We not only have the capacity that we can prophesy, we also have the obligation when we come together. The Spirit is always ready to speak and expects to speak with us and through us. So we must cooperate with the speaking Spirit of God by standing against our natural man with his disposition and habit. What hinders us from practicing, from pursuing prophesying? The root problem is our natural man. Oh, I'm a... I'm a Chinese, I cannot speak English well, so please excuse me, I, cannot, I won't prophesy. Right? That's your natural man. Do you realize when you come together in the church meeting, 
you are not a Chinese anymore. You are not a Portuguese anymore. You are not American anymore. You are God man. You are a member of the body of Christ. You know, I, I, I think, you know, if, you, if you're Chinese, you, you cannot speak English, but you want to prophesy in Chinese, all the saints will be able to say amen. You know, it's so wonderful that, especially when the saints are all being led to eat the same food. You know, we all, whether it's in, it's in Portuguese, Spanish, English, Chinese, uh, Korean, you know, you may not fully understand word for word what it is, but I get the spirit. <laughs> it's, it's all from the same food. <laughs> you, when you eat the same food, you get the same taste. <laughs> you know, I, I, in, 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 in the church in Diamond Bar, we have four languages. And uh, we have English, Chinese, Spanish, Korean. And uh, uh, every couple of months, we have a, even uh, we have a corporate prayer meeting. The all saints, all languages, just pray together. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, some of the say I'm bilingual, but some of the saints, uh, they say don't know, don't know Chinese. The Chinese saints pray, they don't understand. But in the spirit, we all say amen. amen. Actually, we understand in the spirit. Amen. And we all practice to pray short, and we just pray to the point. You know, with certain items. And when the saints, everyone exercises the spirit, push out the spirit, release the spirit. I tell you, all of us understand. All of us receive the spirit from one another. So, <clears throat> don't take any excuse for your natural man. Oh, say, I'm, uh, I just got saved not that long ago. I don't know that much of the Bible. I haven't read the Bible once yet. So, I'm not qualified to speak. Right? And I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm born with stuttering. I, I, I just cannot, uh, uh, you know, speak that smoothly. All these are excuses for the natural man. In pursuing prophesying, one of the key things is for us to deny ourselves. If you are a person who is, uh, you know, very talkative, uh, you like to... You know, you, 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 you like to speak all the time, very, and then, uh, uh, you know, Brother Lee would encourage you, please, stop a few, maybe you should stop, a few, maybe only speak once a month for that person. But with most of us who are more timid, more nice, you know, we are more humble, Brother Lee would probably ask you, you speak every meeting. Amen. That means what? Stand against yourself. Stand against your, your inborn nature. Don't stand with your nice nature, your, your, your timid nature, right? You are here a prophet. You are pursuing prophecy, prophesying. You have to stand against yourself, deny yourself, and to speak for the Lord. Amen. The Lord has something to speak to His people, to the church in every gathering. And if you hold back, and if you don't speak for him, there will be a shortage. There will be a shortage. So we, le- we need to exercise and learn not to go along with our natural man. That means what is comfortable with us. right? Deny ourselves with his disposition and habit. And prophesying makes us overcomers. Amen. Prophesying is the function of the overcomers. Amen. 
Saints, do you want to be an overcomer? Amen. I want to be an overcomer. Oh, in the age of Revelation, in the book of Revelation, that book is concerning overcomers. And how to be an overcomer, the best way, I would say the simplest way, is for us to learn to speak for the Lord. In the beginning of Revelation, you have the seven churches, and John saw that uh, 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 the uh, Son of Man had had the seven stars in his right hand. Those are the seven messengers. The seven stars are the messengers of the churches. These stars, no doubt, they are the leading ones in the churches, but they are considered by the Lord as stars. They are shining with Christ, right? Not as a kind of position, but in, in, their, in their experience, in their enjoyment of the Lord, something was shining forth from them. They are the seven stars, but also these are the seven, they are the messengers of the churches. As a messenger, you have to speak. Amen. Right? You have a message. So every, 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 every meeting you come to, you tell the saints, I have a message for you this morning. Amen. You are a messenger. Amen. You speak forth. You speak for the Lord. The saints, I have a message for you. The Lord Jesus loves us. Amen. He is shepherding his churches. Amen. On the one hand, He is trimming us, but on the other hand, He is filling us with oil. Amen. Isn't this a good message? Amen. Oh, I tell you, another one will give another message. Oh, saints, uh, we are golden lampstands. Amen. We are not muddy lampstands, wooden lampstands. We are golden lampstands, Amen. shining forth with the nature of the triune God. Amen. That is a good message. It does not have to be 45 minutes long. It's just even a few sentences. You just re- release, speak for the Lord, speak for the Lord. Right? You are a messenger. And by speaking as messengers, you become an overcomer. Amen. Overcomers speak for the Lord as messengers. So these prophesying, the prophesying is the function of the overcomers. According to the New Testament, there are three kinds of prophets. A, the prophets in Ephesus 4, 11 to 12, are those particularly ordained by God for the perfecting of the saints. Well, among the gifts, the particular gifts given by the head to his body, first one is apostles, the second one is prophets. These are, and then you have evangelists and shepherds and teachers, these are particular gifts given by Christ the head for the perfecting of the saints. Well, not so... The, the prophets mentioned here in Ephesians 4 refer to a particular gift given by the head to the body. So later on in, uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 29, Paul says, are all prophets? That means not all are prophets in that kind of category. Not all have that kind of capacity as prophets who was so one with God, who was speaking forth the revelation of the Lord. Not all can do that. So, not all are prophets in that category. Then you have secondly, the second category, the prophets in Acts chapter 21, 8 to 9, are those who can predict for God. The daughters of Philip, evangelist, they had a particular gift to predict. They can foretell the future. So some believers, they may be given that kind of a gift 
They can foretell the future. They can predict. Well, in that sense, they are prophets, but not the same as the prophets, that category in Ephesians 4. They have a little function. They have a little ability that can predict the future. Then you have a third category, the prophets in 1 Corinthians 14 are those who speak for God and speak forth God in the meetings of the church for the church is building up and all the believers can be this kind of prophets. Hallelujah! I'm not the first kind. Neither I know how to predict. But I know I'm at least a third kind. I can be a prophet in 1 Corinthians 14. Can speak for the Lord, speak for the Lord, speak the Lord into others for the building up of the church. We all can do that. As soon as long as we will just release what the Lord has put in your spirit to speak something for the Lord, you are a prophet, at least in the third kind. Now, Roman numeral 6, the proper church meeting for the building up of the church described in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, is a meeting of mutuality in which each one has. A meeting in which we can all prophesy one by one. A meeting in which he who prophesies builds up the church. The fulfillment of this word in the Lord's present recovery is eternally significant. Many Christians know appreciate the Lord's word in Matthew 16, that he will build his church. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That was a definite word prophesied by the Lord, that he will build his church. But now for 2,000 years, how do we see the fulfillment of that word? How is the Lord going to build up his church? Well, we see from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. Paul says, What then, brothers, whenever you come together, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Christ's building up of the church can only be realized when in the meetings, all the saints come together. Each one has. Each one has. Not only a few has. But each one has. The Lord is still yet to fully recover this. May the Lord put this burden on our heart. Lord, you must fulfill 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Each one has. Not what each one comes up with. You know, you somehow we just, uh, uh, you know, we just uh, come, when we get get together and let's see see what we can uh, put together. Right here. No. The has there implies something you already prepared. Before you come to the meeting, you have something prepared. So when you come, you just like uh, coming to a love feast, to a potluck. You brought your dish, green beans, potatoes, you know. You just, uh, not everybody can bring steak, right? But I have a dish of uh, potatoes. Well, I have something, right? The church meeting is a place of mutuality. It's a big potluck. It's a big love feast. Each one brings something. I tell you, this is something unseen, unheard of, unseen in Christianity. But in the Lord's recovery, he must recover this. Back in 1937, in the book of Normal Christian Church Life, Brother Need touched this matter. 
He said the Lord's Day, the the proper church meeting is a meeting of mutuality, of all the saints functioning. It should not be one man speaking and everybody listening. And he, he, he was so burdened that the church meetings would be brought back to that mutuality. Then, 11 years later, in 1948, in the book Church Affairs, in, church affairs, in the uh, 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 four months training he held in Kuling, he spoke to the, to the, to the, to the uh, trainees there. Again, repeated this matter. The Sunday, so-called Sunday morning services are following the, they call it the, uh, the, the way of the nations. One man speaking, everybody listens. That replaces the functioning of all the members. That is the way of the nation. That is not the way of God. And he was so strong that he, we should shut down that meeting and we encourage all the saints to go on Lord's Day morning to preach the gospel. Amen. Everybody can preach. Everybody will function. That was his desire. But soon after that, the communists came. The political situation changed. That word was never was able to be worked out. So when Brother Lee was sent out to Taiwan and then to, uh, to America, that burden never left him. He realized that was a burden in the heart of his senior co-worker. And he was also very much in the same burden, want to see the working out of this burden. Saints, today there is a much advancement in the lost recovery. I think we can all testify that. Today, I think in all the churches, we are all practicing this kind of prophesying. But unfortunately, some of the places, they are either because of their dissenting against the ministry, against this way of the the Lord's recovery. Some of these places, sorry to say, they 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 are going backward. Going back to one man speaking. They're saying, well, the prophets there are one by one referring to a group of prophets. They are speaking one by one among that designated group. It's not referring to everyone. So in their meeting, they are still trying to promote a few speaking. Saints, that is backward. The Lord's recovery, we will never go backward. I think after you have tasted all the saints testifying, I tell you, you will never want to go back. No, 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 no. We will never go back anymore. Oh, the, every saint speaking is so enjoyable. Everyone speaking is so rich. I know, I, you know, even it's, it's such a rich outline, I can speak here for, I've been speaking for a long time, but it's so limited. It's only one aspect. I'd like, like to give you a few minutes for you to overflow. Because from your portion, this message will be so much more enriched. Amen. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 14.26. Don't forget this verse. In order for Christ's prophecy to be fulfilled, to build up the church, there has to be such a situation uh, in the church life where each one has in our coming together. 1 Corinthians 14.26, as a part of the Holy Word, needs to be fulfilled for the body of Christ to be built up. Without this organic building, the Lord's prophecy in Matthew 16.18 cannot be fulfilled. And the church as the bride cannot be made ready for Christ as the bridegroom. Then Roman numeral 8, 
to meet according to 1 Corinthians 14.26, we must desire and learn. We must first desire. I hope this morning I can put a little desire within you by showing you the importance, the excellence of this matter of prophesying so that you will have a hunger, you will have a desire within you. And also to learn. Don't think prophesying is just a gift. Someone just, oh, you're born that way. You can, you can talk, you can prophesy, you you, you, you're just born that way. You can, you can speak publicly like that. I'm not, I'm not like that. Saints, we all need to learn. Amen. I learn. I, 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 can, I can tell you, I, I learn my, speak, my speaking from learning. I served with these brothers, Brother Ron, Brother Daniel, in Providence for 10 years, from 77 to 87. Right. Well, in those years, there was, there was before, the first part of those years, there was before the, uh, the new way was, uh, was brought in. Yeah. So we brothers, with a couple of other brothers, every Lord's Day morning, we have to struggle who is going to speak this morning. <laughs> that was, a, that was a quite painful, right? Okay, Whenever, whoever brothers turn to speak, that was a heavy burden. Right? We had to speak a message that morning. Right. Well, but I have to say, that, that gave me much perfecting. I was forced on my knees to pray desperately. You know, what, what am I going to speak? That gave me a lot of opportunity of learning. But of course, you know, at that time, there was not such a way of prophesying. But today, brothers and sisters, there is such an atmosphere that we can all speak. Amen. Right? But my point is, we have to learn. We didn't, we didn't just, things just don't happen overnight. Even with Brother Lee, he himself testified. After he got saved, he knew that he, he, he needed to speak for the Lord in the back of his house. And he, was, he lived quite not far from the ocean. Many days, he would go to the ocean. He would speak to the ocean. He would just speak. Brother Lee, by nature, he was not a good speaker. But he practiced speaking. He, just, you know, he was not an eloquent speaker. But he learned to speak for the Lord, and through practicing, he learned. I still remember when I was younger, even as a high schooler, I also had to sometimes give some lessons to junior high people. And I, 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 you know, I, I had, then I, I had to, to learn how to speak. So I taped myself. I taped myself, and I listened. Oh, terrible. Oh, never. How can... After you listen to your own speaking, that's terrible. How would I say that? But, you know, you, if you don't listen, you don't, you don't learn, you, you, know, you don't do this, you don't learn, right? So uh, after a lot of frustration, a lot of defeat, you know, have you ever felt that after you gave a testimony, you would never do it again? That's how I felt many times, you know. Don't think that I was born to be able to speak a long time. I was, you know, not that. I, I, we all have to learn. Desire and learn. Amen. To prophesy and also live a prophesying life Amen. by being revived every morning Hallelujah. and by living and overcoming life every day. Amen. It's also a matter of living. While we are learning, prophesying is a life. You have to become a certain person, Right? You cannot, uh, uh, you know, a young child, you know, say a, a 12-year-old, or, you know, he can, he can acquire some ability to speak something, but he still needs a certain maturity. 
right? That he needs to grow. He needs to be uh, perfected. He needs to live a kind of life to be, to be constituted a certain person to speak the kind of word. Now, so the next point is important. We must live a prophesying life with the following qualifications. Point A says, we must bring out the precious from the worthless. This was a word God spoke to Jeremiah. So if you are going to be my prophet, if you're going to be my mouthpiece, you need to bring out the precious from the worthless. That means what are the worthless? All the, all the earthly things, all the meaningless things. See, every day in our, uh, uh, if you're working in the world, you know, we touch many of the earthly, worldly things. You come, if you want to be a prophet to learn prophesying, you have to bring out the precious. What is the precious? The precious things are in the Word. The precious things are Christ, is Christ in your spirit. You have to bring out the precious from all the common things. You are not going to prophesy about your work, about your your day, about this. You are going to prophesy about Christ, about God's word. So you have to be able to separate, to bring out the precious from the worthless. Then as God said, then you will be my mouthpiece. You be my mouth. And also point B, we must love the Lord, be close to Him, and be one with Him. Every prophet, you must live such a life, a life of loving the Lord. Prophesying is not a performance. As I mentioned, prophesying actually is an overflow. You love the Lord so much, and something just wants to, you you just want to say something for the Lord, for the one whom you love. So you are so one with the Lord, and we also must have an intimacy with God. Our relationship with God must be personal, affectionate, private, and spiritual. The more as you begin to build up this prophesying life, you have an intimate relationship with the Lord. The Lord, he, His intimate counsel is with those who fear Him. The closer you are to the Lord, the more intimate and personal and affectionate you are to the Lord, the Lord reveals things to you with which you can speak to others. Right? So we need to all spend our intimate time, personal time with the Lord. Right? You talk to the Lord and allow the Lord to talk to you. After you are spoken by the Lord, I tell you, you have a lot to say. If you don't have that kind of a time, you have nothing to speak because you have not received much of God speaking. Then point D, we must be those who bring every problem into the presence of God, contacting Him to receive the word from God. So when we encounter difficulties, frustrations, problems, well, we, in our prophesying life, we always would bring all these problems to the Lord. Don't try to solve it in yourself. Don't try to just use your mind to resolve these things. Always come to the Lord. Contact the Lord, right? Then you receive the word from Him. Then we must pray for the ministry of the word. Like Acts 6.4, prayer and the ministry of the word always go together. You know, I, I, as I, uh, uh, in those 10 years uh, uh, when I was moved to the West Coast with Brother Lee, I really appreciate the time just serving with him and seeing how this person, who was so experienced and matured in his speaking, in his ministry for the Lord, yet every time before he spoke, he prayed. He prayed. Right, Brother Dick? He just, he never assumed, oh, I've spoken for the Lord for 30, 40 years, I know exactly what can, he probably can speak out of his dream. But 
Every time before he spoke God's word, he prayed. He always prayed that the Lord will cover him, right? That he will speak not his own words, will speak the Lord's word. So prayer and the ministry of the word need to go together. And we must be ones who are always rejoicing. Let's all read this point together. I know. This is, this is our normal living. Our daily life is in this realm, right? Always rejoicing, thanking the Lord, praying unceasingly, Amen. quenching not the Spirit, despising not prophesying. And we must let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to God. Amen. So, in other words, we have to allow the Word of Christ to indwell us, to constitute our being, Right? This is go along with the message too we had. We must be constituted with the truth. Right? Subjectively, not just to pick up the head knowledge. And we must be filled with the knowledge of God's word to acquire an adequate divine vocabulary. If you read the Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 46 to 55, you see Mary, uh, you know, he was, she was a prophet. She was, when she was... Uh, uh, realized that uh, she was uh, uh, pregnant with, uh, with the holy thing. Well, she spoke forth a, little, a prophecy. You, you just read her utterance. Excellent utterance. So when we, we need, when we read the word, we need to pick up these utterance. Such as, you know, uh, in, brother, in Brother Lee's uh, ministry, he said we need to protect the riches, the interests of the riches of God's divinity. Now, this is an, int- an utterance Brother Lee had concerning the, tru- the divine truths. The divine truths has the function to protect the interest of the riches of God's divinity. So, we have to collect these utterances from the brothers, from more mature brothers, to, so that to help us to express our prophecies in a rich way. Then point I, we must be filled with the consummated spirit, essentially and economically. So we don't want to just uh, 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 speak out uh, words of knowledge in a mental way. We must be those who are filled with the spirit, both essentially and also economically. Right. So this is a prophesying life. So prophesying is not a performance, but is a living. Then the next, next point, we must see the composition of a proper pro- prophecy according to the way of 1 Corinthians 14. There are four aspects to this composition. Firstly, the composition of a prophecy comprises the knowledge and experience of God, Christ, and spiritual things, and the utterance to speak these forth. So, prophecy, prophesying, is to speak forth Christ. It's not just to speak forth uh, how's the world situation today? How's the market? And this and that. You speak forth Christ. Amen. So you have to have the knowledge of God. You have to have the experience of God. And Christ and the spiritual things. Then the composition of a prophecy comprises the sight under the divine enlightenment concerning the situation and environment in which we are. Now this is another aspect maybe 
maybe not easily grasped by many saints. In our practice of prophesying, we have to be we have to be aware of our environment. In other words, uh, let's say sometimes we may we may need to say a word at a funeral meeting. Well, there's a kind of atmosphere there. Sometimes we need to say a word in a wedding meeting. There's another kind of atmosphere there. You know, sometimes you know we say that in, in the church life. Some uh, uh, as the churches may, may, may be passing through some turmoil, some situation. Well, in your spirit, you have this kind of awareness. So in your speaking, there is that kind of a sight. You don't just, you know, just say you're in, in a wedding, in a, in a wedding environment, it's a happy environment, then you don't speak forth a, 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 a word of uh, judgment, a word of uh, uh, condemnation. That, that would be terrible. I don't think you'll be welcome to speak there again. Well, you have to have the sight, right, of the environment. Even, you know, you may not be able to talk to all the saints, but in your spirit, you have a sense of the environment, have the awareness. Then, the uh, third aspect, the composition of a prophecy, comprises the insight, the instant uh, uh, inspiration of the spirit that stirs up your spirit to speak. So this is very much related to your intimacy with the Lord. The more intimate you have with the Lord, the more, the easier it is for you to receive the instant inspiration. The Spirit will inspire you. Right? So this is very, very... Uh, uh, so that will, he will make, that will make your speaking very rich, very anointed. Then and fourthly, in speaking forth a prophet prophe- proper prophecy... We should not adhere to personal experiences, testimonies, feelings, thoughts, opinions, affections, and, re- and reactions to any persons, matters, and things. In other words, so when we speak, when we prophesy, don't, you have to get out of yourself. Amen. Get out of yourself. You just want to allow the Spirit to flow out freely. Amen. Okay, uh, how about we all read the next two points together? Roman numeral 9, uh, 11. Amen. That is, by all the members of Christ, each functioning in his own measure. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless all the churches in New England. In such a way, all the meetings will be full of mutuality. According to 1 Corinthians 14.26 and according to Ephesians 4.16, each one part functioning according to the measure. And each one has to bring in the mutuality to build up the body of Christ. Well, we still have a few minutes maybe for you to respond. How about for you to... uh, now it's for you to practice a little bit, Amen. prophesy. Especially those maybe who tend to be timid, tend to be shy, is a good chance to deny yourself, speak something for the Lord. Amen. Whatever you are touched with, 
just in a brief way. It took you less than 30 seconds, so then a number of you can speak. Amen. Okay? Amen. Amen. Amen.